Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello and welcome to the Marriage Be Hard Conversations. I am Kevin Fredericks. I'm sitting in today with Shan Boudram, who is an author. She's a podcast host. Yes. She's all of the things. You did it. Uh, I did it. <laughs> Melissa is not here today, but she sends her love and she produces episode. I'm going to start off asking Shan some questions that I want to know that I think you guys want to know. And then Patreon is watching this live. Shout out to y'all. But wait, we I'll should say what I'm, because I, if I'm an author and podcaster, that could be even, I could be dog training. She's an author and podcast host. And I'll, I'll let you explain yourself to the people. I'm a sexologist okay. with an educational background in psychology. So I'm a sex and relationship expert. Sex and relationship expert. So Shan is going to help people in the bedroom. Um, and beyond. And beyond. I found Shan on YouTube, like most people, uh, great titles of videos. Oh, thanks. Not uh... clickbait at all. Whatever the title <laughs> is, Shan's going to get to it within 30 <laughs> seconds. OG YouTuber. Um, amazing. You've had TV shows. You've had, I mean, you've done everything. I've done a lot of stuff. You sold stuff to Quibi. I did sell stuff to Quibi. You Man, sold stuff Quibi, to Quibi. Quibi bought me a house. I am <laughs> waiting for the Hulu documentary to come out about Quibi because that was a wild ride. So you were one that won, like, when it shut down, you were like, my check clear. Not only did I, like, yeah, like, and I got so much furniture. <laughs> I got so, <laughs> it was an amazing experience. <laughs> Quibi bought me a house is a great way to start their documentary because I know that documentary is coming. Oh yeah. Because Quibi lasted like less than a year of being active, and then it was and then it was over. There's a Firefest documentary in the Quibi future for sure. One thousand percent. Because the pandemic was right there. What was happening? It was a crazy. They time. were ha- and they had literally every star on earth. Do you know how that uh, how that network ended? No. So Jeffrey Katzenberg, the head of it, mm-hmm. called together. He like bought all of the best consulting minds in the business, called them together for a meeting, was like, how do we save this? And everybody was like, the best thing you could do is stop right now. Really? And he was like, nah, there's got to be a difference. They're like, listen. Turn, turn these lights off. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because I know they gave investors back their money. And that's how it ended for us. We shot that. I shot with Sweetie that day. Mm, that episode never came out. Yes. What? Wow. I shot an episode with Sweetie. Um, <laughs> we talked about her sex life and her vaginal care. It was great. Yeah. We talked about Quavo. It was an amazing episode. We were all feeling so fired up about it. We were to come back. This is like Wednesday. So we shot, you know, oh during the week. God. We go to our change room. The EP comes in and she was like, okay, um, so everybody just uh, pack everything. This Not is over. that day? Yes. That the was, day you shot it? Yes. That was it. They just They start unplugging stuff? Yes. Like that's the Steve Harvey show? how it went. Yeah. It was like that. They knew that before you start, You shot, babe. They didn't know. I genuinely believe it was the meeting. Oh, it happened the same day. I think he just called everybody. He was like, turn off the lights. <laughs> turn off the lights. <laughs> Click. Go back to Costco. Bring back some snacks. Wow. See if you get a refund. Oh. Well, at least you got your house. I did get And a house. beautiful house it is. Thank you. All right. Let's start. So me and Melissa have been married for 20 years. We've been together for 23 years this year. There's a lot of people like me, and we always are asking ourselves the same questions, and we get asked this question probably more than anything else. How do we keep it spicy in the bedroom? 
What do we do? We've been doing the same thing. We've been doing the same thing in the same order. It's the same holes. What can <laughs> I do to switch it up? Because it's boring. What do you say to those people? Well, I believe you guys gave a beautiful answer to this on my podcast. Mm. And you guys, it was a phenomenal conversation. Yeah. I say thank you. It's one of my favorite episodes. Thank what you. You guys talked about having the dialogue around the red lights, the green lights, mm-hmm. the yellow lights. Mm-hmm. So just proposing new things. I always say that the brain is a high novelty seeker. It likes new, but the brain is kind of basic. Actually, one of my a joke I liked recently was like, you know how they say if you just smile, yeah, it makes you feel happy. Mm-hmm. And the comedian was like, how stupid is the brain? <laughs> like it's in on this joke. It knows the plan, and it's still being tricked by it. <laughs> That's a fantastic point. <laughs> right? Yeah. So similarly, it's like the brain needs new, but the brain is a little bit more basic than you think. New doesn't have to be an escort in Cancun. Okay. New could be, we get green lights in the bedroom. Really? Right. It could be, we have sex on this side of the bed versus that side of the bed. We start with me getting oral first rather than you in our usual routine. Like There's little tiny things that you can do just to switch things up. The best way to make sure that sex doesn't get boring, though, is to remain authentic. Mm. Because things are naturally occurring that are going to be slightly different. So if you are authentically responding to what's happening in the moment, it's going to be different each and every time. What do you mean by that? Like, I mean, I know what you mean, but like, are you saying like, if you want to moan, moan or don't hold back? Or are you saying like, uh, suggest what you feel you really want to do? Like, what does is, what is authenticity mean in that moment? Like, if you had luxurious hair, mm-hmm. like our friend Cameron does, right? Cameron is down, it's down past his shoulders now. Right, yeah. His chest length almost. <laughs> And we're just, you know, we're intimate together. And mm-hmm. then I look you in the eyes and then your hair falls in front of your face. And then I stroke it back behind. And then I let my hand cup there for a second and say, well, you have gray hair. Something a little bit different, right? Oh, I'm authentically yeah. responding to what's happening, what your body is doing. I always remember this because when I first had sex with my now husband, um, when he was like sexual with me, I genuinely felt like, you know, an avatar when they link together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, at the time, the analogy I used is like a painter. Yeah, He was like... You know what I mean? Like really just responding to the canvas of my body and being like, what does the canvas want me to do? So rather than having an idea and a game plan in advance, he was just there responding to what was happening. And so that allowed it to feel fresh every single time because the little small details that are different, if you respond to those, the sex is different. That's very interesting. I think just speaking personally, one of my, especially early in marriage, my mistakes, I would say, is it was all about like what I wanted to do, like yes. even with her, like I got to make you come. I got to make you finish. And so I'm like, OK, here's what worked last time. And then and like, you know, the brain is like, do this, this, that and that. And it'll work. And I think sometimes you or I or she would be a little more like, you know, it feels very routine like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If you just do the same thing. Well, it is a routine. It's absolutely routine. <laughs> right. And a couple of, you know, you, you pick your spots, you know, it works and it doesn't work. Uh, but I love that idea of your body as a canvas and respond because what felt good last Tuesday isn't going to feel good every single time. Right. You know, and what feels good a lot of times, sometimes it just ain't hidden. And not being frustrated by that, I feel like can be very helpful to your relationship. You know, because I used to get very flustered, you know, and be like, dang, man, this ain't working. This ain't happening. But some days it just you need something else. You need something different. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, sensuality is just being with your senses, period. And there's 
five to choose from. And so if I went into the bedroom just focused on like whatever I hear, I'm going to respond to. Mm. So if you make a sound that's different, I'm going to respond to it. Maybe I make a joke if that's kind of part of our sexy repertoire or I say your voice sounds really sexy or I respond back in a certain way. Like so you can pick something that you're going to really hyper focus on to allow that authenticity to take you in a brand new direction. Got it. Got it. Okay, that's really that's that's really good. I think. What you're saying feels like you're just almost like take the pressure off and let whatever is happening happen. It's a mix of both, though. Because, yeah. like, I always, like, think that this is important because I am, like, queen robot. So I like mm. learning stuff. Mm-hmm. I like researching stuff. But sex and love is artful. So yeah. sometimes when you're very practical and strategic about a very artful thing, it can take the the sauce out of it. Yeah, yeah. But that's the, to me, the, the trick of mastery is when you know something so, so well mm-hmm. that you're well-versed that when you're in the moment, you can respond artfully. So you're kind of- I get that. You're like an actor. You know your mm-hmm. lines over and over and over and over again. So when you get on set, because it's now like pouring out of you, yeah. you don't have to like go to it. It's already there. 1,000%. It gives you an opportunity now to also flow with the moment. So that's what's to be said. Like I, just, I don't want to make it seem as if you don't have to do any work. Right, 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 you right. You got work to do. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe not Cancun. Because <laughs> I think that's what people always think about. Like, you know, people, especially people who had sex before marriage or had other partners, your first thing is like, oh, that person, that experience, or my coworker, like, that'll be new. And like, sure, it will be for a moment. But if you are you and they are them, you can also fall into that routine with them. Yeah. So is that the answer? For a period of time, it's like peeing on yourself when you're cold. Like, yeah, you're going to warm up for a little bit, but eventually that's going to dry. That wasn't Dumb and Dumber, and it was such a good point. It was like, I mean, yeah, you can pee on yourself, but then that's just going to be frozen. You're going to end up being colder. Yeah. You know, I think that's a metaphor for, like, a lot of things in life. That's a short-term solution, but it's not really the solution you want. You end up in the same position or worse. I want to get really good at dirty talk. That's something that I, like, have thought about wines get really great at, but now I'm like, I really want to get good. So I got to start listening to more erotic content Mm -hmm. just to, like, get that verbiage vernacular because I notice that in the moment, it's a little stiff for me. Boy, when I tell you... I'll be tossing it out there. It's a little stiff. So I'm like, okay, note to self. I got to do some homework on my own so when I get (laughs) into the moment, it can flow. You're not like... uh, it's like an actor who doesn't know her lines. Right. Like yes. if you're not familiar with this like lexicon of like stuff, then you're just like, lick me. <laughs> Maybe I would like that. that. I'm a similar way. Like I feel like this is a part of growing up churchy. <laughs> just like I remember, uh, I wanted Melissa to like do. Uh, like it stripped for me, stripped for me. And she was like, "Man, it's uncomfortable. You strip for me." And I was like, "Girl, this is easy." So I put my little g-string thing on, and when I tell you, I was like, "This is wildly uncomfortable." Yeah, what do I do? I totally was like, <laughs> I hadn't even seen Magic Mike, so I have no moves. So I was just like, I was doing like '90s like body roll stuff. But then you, when you're naked or almost, it just felt like I was like, "I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to do this, and I'll never <laughs> ask you again." Like I didn't realize how uncomfortable it is to do something you don't do or is not practice and in my life i don't like doing things i'm not good at so i was like oh this is this is cringe so i just made it funny but then i was like i'm not gonna ask you for this no more because i never want you to ask me for that and i don't like this same thing with dirty talk i'm just like penis you want it you know maybe like, like, it's just like no that was work that it worked that was so stupid <laughs> all right here's the next question i wanted to ask you um, we often get this question. These are kind of the questions we often get the most. Um, I want to stretch beyond my comfort zone, 
but I don't know how. I've kind of done these same things all the time. Me and my spouse are both open to it, but like when I do it, it feels wrong or I feel un- uncomfortable. What would you say to those people who heart is in the right place? Heart is in the right place, but they're just unsure of like the mechanics of of doing more. I mean, first and foremost, you just got to research. Anything that you don't know how to do is going to feel foreign. Like if you ask me to make a turkey, that's mm-hmm. going to be difficult for me. But if you like do it for Thanksgiving dinner. That's a lot of pressure. Right, so first right. and foremost, if you don't know how to do something, you got to find low risk environments to practice in and to learn in. So that so how may could not you do be sex though. Like, how could you practice low re- low risk? You can. I mean, texting is a good way if you mm. want to like try different parts. It depends what you want to try, but there's a million different ways to practice. Depends on what the thing is. So I will say that whenever it comes to those gaps that people have, where it's like, either it's I want to do it or I want you as my partner to do it, where it's like. We do this, and I want us to get to this. Mm-hmm. And then people are very much like, we're here. How do we get there? Yeah. And a destination and a map are different things, right? You know, you need to have multiple different small, tangible steps that allow you to get there in a logical way. Right. Not necessarily always the fastest way either. You kind of got to decide about, like, what's more important to me? Is it more important that we enjoy the experience of getting there? Or is it more important that we get there very quickly? Um, <laughs> but then you can map it out and be like, okay, cool. Right now, we're very vanilla in the bedroom eventually I want to get to genital cutting. That's what my kink is. That's a big stretch from being vanilla. Yeah. So maybe... First I, is that a real thing? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Genital cutting? Yeah. Small nicks people like. To, I be for real? I'm being for real, yeah. I use I'm not that trying example. to kink shame. I, I no, literally have never you know heard what? that. I'm using that example because I took this course. Uh, yep, I took it twice. It's called Sexual Attitude Reassessment. And the first time I took it, you essentially just watch 40 hours of porn. Okay. The second time I took it, I took it a justice-based one, and it was not like that. But mm-hmm. the first time I took it, it was like 40 hours of porn. And the whole point is to expose you to all kinds of things so that when someone tells you something, you're not like, what? I, I did that what? internally. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I thought you were just throwing something that out there. That was the one that I was like, what? <laughs> but then when you watch it, you're like, oh, there's like a specific procedures and like they're very serious about this. And then imagine if you really enjoy something so much, the joy that you experience when you meet somebody else who's into that too. Right. So when you saw them together, you're like, wow, I'm really happy for them. Still not my thing, but I get it. Mm-hmm. And of course, again, like they have done a lot of research and they didn't just go from doggy style on Fridays to genital Just cutting. Funny. There was like a lot of lead ups and things that they learned about, you know, consent and risk aware consensual um, risk aware consensual kink. So in either case, try to think about your comfort zone. Like, don't go to the thing that makes you feel how you feel when you mm-hmm. hear general cutting. Yeah. <laughs> you want to go to be like, OK, well, I want to get there. Maybe first I'm going to try some form of pain. So what if we used a tie? in the bedroom mm-hmm. for some light whipping? What if we used a tie in the bedroom to tie each other's hands up? How would that make me feel? What if I use this to create friction? Like, what are the small things that we could do? Okay, I felt safe there, I felt comfortable there. And maybe we'll do that five more times. And then after that, let's maybe try a flog. Okay, cool. I kind of like that. <coughs> maybe next time we try, you know, more consistent and more mindful, dominant and submission play. So that to be said, eventually, maybe three years from now, You'll mm-hmm. get to that place. Yeah. But you'll be enjoying the process of slowly going outside of your comfort zone. And it's not like a consistent walk. You might, you know, land somewhere and stay there for a couple months, and that's cool, too. You know what you just made me realize, and I, I think this was one of my issues early on in marriage. <clears throat> you have a very... Taking a break from this episode to tell you about better help. We all know that therapy is important. Okay, that's just unequivocal. There's just no doubt about it. We all need to be... 
in therapy because your mental health is important. And think of therapy as a way to get like to do a, a health check on like how you're doing, how you're managing. Me and Mel had a conversation about stress. Obviously, we're on marriage be hard conversations. And sometimes we're talking about, you know, relationship things that happen. And oftentimes those things start in your family of origin. So like childhood stuff. And you don't often recognize your own triggers. You don't know how to manage them. You don't have interventions for them. And those are the things that therapy is good for. You'll have a third party come in, help you work through some of your past traumas and help you become the person that you envision yourself as because they're going to break those patterns and those habits that you probably naturally fall in that you don't even realize. It's been a really phenomenal tool that I've used in my personal life to help me, like I said, recognize my triggers. It's been really great in my relationship with um, people in general, but like very specifically my husband. I've even talked to a therapist about parenting and how to be like a better mom to my kids. Like it is just something that we are huge advocates for because there's just really there's no downside. Um, and talking about the good side of therapy, the great thing about BetterHelp is that it's convenient because you don't have to leave your home it's uh, flexible. It's suited for your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. You're matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MBH to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MBH. And now let's get back to the episode. Practical approach to sex. As if it's, I want to learn to, to fix a garage. Yes. Change the oil in my car. I think, not even I think, I know for myself, I, an, I anticipated, I expected sex to just happen greatly <laughs> with, with a new partner. Melissa's my wife. We never had sex before marriage. We waited. Honestly, to add a little layer to it, Christianity, I thought God has anointed this and blessed this. Therefore, we will fall into this beautiful sexual rhythm on day one. And you are like, the turkey analogy is so good. Like, if you want to make a turkey for Thanksgiving and you got from now to November, you can make a lot of turkeys. But the first three or four or 15 are probably going to suck. Yeah. But by Thanksgiving this year, you might be cool because this might. is only February. You might be cool. But I think I've never thought about sex in that same, like, this is something that I have to learn. Also about, like, my own body, my likes, dislikes. This is something I have to learn about my partner. And this is something that might change in my partner as we age. And that practical approach somehow has eluded me because you, I don't know, I guess I just expected myself to be good at it or us to be good at it because we loved each other. Yeah. Um, and if it's not good, you know, then you're like, is this a reflective of our love? I had great sex with somebody else. Why are we not doing that? And you're just like, oh, no, just, okay, do some research, watch a video, read a book, try this. You like, And even the destination and the journey are two very different things, something I had to learn. And it's like very freeing to take the perfection off of it. Yeah. As opposed to like, and treat like anything else I want to be good at. I want to learn how to write movies. So I watch a lot of videos. I watch a lot of movies. I read a lot of scripts. I write some very bad ones. And I send them people who are good and I get feedback. But I'm learning this thing. I'm not inherently good at it. I never thought you could apply that to sex. I feel like you did think that. I promise you. But I think I'm, it's a whole shine. You're giving it to me. No, no, I, I really, read the book. I know what you guys I, are. You guys are very, have got a good system going. <laughs> But I, I don't think it, it was this clear, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, oh, don't worry about it. Like, you can, you can, you can search about this, and that's another thing that the internet is really helpful for. There's hardly anything you can't either Google or read a book about. But I think 
I don't know. People watching, tell me if you felt that, like, I need to be good, especially as a man. I need to please you. I need to make you squirt. Can you squirt? Is squirting good? Is it pee? You know, all of those things are very ego-driven. I had to find out the hard way. Uh, trying to make your partner come so it makes you feel validated. Yes. That was tough. I got to cut that clip of you guys saying that. That was a, that was a bar. We got a lot of bars in yeah, there. Yeah, note to self. My Don't stomach was that. showing in that video, though, too. So <laughs> hey, babe, it, it was funny, though. <laughs> I got to start wearing undershirts again. Do if you know I'm going to go out and wear shirts that have buttons. <laughs> the comments were so loving because they're like, this is a great conversation. I love Kevin. But goddamn, somebody please go and help that shirt. <laughs> why I usually wear sweats and hoodie because I know nothing's gonna poke out. But you know what? This is the joy of YouTube. My husband always says this because he can't spell. Like, it's awful. But he's like, you know what? It gives people something to say. Oh, I leave... So, people, this is a little YouTube trick that I people don't realize this. I leave things in wrong all the time. I keep my knees ashy, not on purpose, but I show them when they're ashy because I know people are gonna be like, not them knees ashy. Yeah. And the more they comment... The more the, the, yeah, engagement. the more the, the engagement. I almost yeah. always leave something in wrong or that I know people will comment about, and they just fall right into it over and over. All right. Um, here's another question. This is the number three in order. One more after this, and we'll get to you guys' questions. Can I add one more caveat? I know Please. we might be in a time crunch, but I no, want to say that this is something, a new thing for me, of because I am very, like, get good at this, have a process, and apply it. But the unique thing about sex that differentiates it from making a turkey or protecting your golf swing is that it can take as long as it needs to to get there. It's mm. not like, okay, I want to get a great golf swing, and if I'm still struggling, you know, six months from now, maybe I'm not good at golf. Right. Like, it's all about, the sex is the only thing that the genuine only purpose to do it, unless you're trying to conceive, is just for fun. So mm -hmm. if you're trying something that's a little bit new that makes it more fun, or you're doing the same thing over and over again, but you guys are still enjoying it as if it's the first time, yeah. that's okay. You don't have to try to be like, okay, but well, if we haven't gotten there within eight months' time, we're doing something wrong. Like, the only way to figure out if you're doing something wrong is if afterwards you're like, I'm not satisfied. Mm. You know, that is really good because, again, I don't know what it is. We, I know I'm not alone in this. We put pressure on sex. Yes. We put pressure on each time we have sex. We put pressure on this month of sex or this couple of months, how we feel. Um, and... I would say we like judge it, like as a indicator of the health of the, the health of the overall relationship. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And have you always thought of it? Oh like my this? gosh! I mean, look at my life. The right. judgment, the pressure that I have is insane. <laughs> right. And it's crazy because when I got together with my husband, he was a f buddy. Right? Mm -hmm. We're not swearing. You right? can cuss. Okay. Feel what? free to to express yourself. Okay. Well, we were fuck buddies because yeah. I was in school for sexology. I was coming out of a long-term toxic relationship where if relationship is bad, one of the first things to go is sex. So we kind of mm -hmm. stopped having sex. Mm -hmm. I mean, I did. He was having sex with other people. But oh, within oh. the relationship dynamic, we had stopped. But I was like, I'm learning all this cool new stuff, mm -hmm. and I have nobody to practice on. And then so when I got out of that relationship, I was not in a great place in life. I was like on the fritz of deportation. I just emotionally wasn't there. But I'm like, I need somebody to just do all these to cool things with. my sex off. Yeah, I've been doing <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to see how good I am. Um, so I was just looking for somebody who would be a good partner for that. And I ended up landing on my husband who I'm like, man, it kind of sucked because we were such good friends with benefits that mm -hmm. I would have been able to leave that situation being such an advocate for that. But then we you know, got <sighs> married. So it kind of ruins it. <laughs> But Your case study is out <laughs> the window. It because it was so genuinely good for what it was, and we right. were so great at creating boundaries, and it was so fulfilling while limiting at the same mm -hmm. time, like mm -hmm. all the things. But um, 
yeah, so he, when we first started having sex, it was like, tie you up. Like, mm-hmm. he, we went to the emergency room in the first month. Because oh. we're just like, trying stuff, trying stuff. Literally sex sent me to the ER. Yes, yeah. you are You are a person who yes. could have made that show. Because I'm like, I have all these skills, all these tricks. Wait, what was the thing? If you don't mind sharing, is that oh. too much? No, it wasn't. I tied him up, and... Um, after I, he, I tied him up and he was on a chair so mm-hmm. and it was like hardwood floor and a metal chair mm-hmm. so it's in essence what happened is like he came and then you know when you come and you're very sensitive mm-hmm. but sometimes you can interpret that as like oh I'm gonna keep going and mm-hmm. the person's like this is actually kind of painful Yeah. so he was just trying to jerk away but I was like oh you're tied up this yeah. is hot so I'll keep going so then he violently jerked and then fell between the metal chair and the floor so it really hurt his arm uh, <laughs> We mean it when we say stop. Like no, it, it goes from feeling great to painful. Like yes. it's like okay for real. No, no, it's like tickling too much. Like I don't like this. But the power was surging oh. through me because like you can't do anything. <laughs> You're gonna break your arm trying to get me off. Wait, you broke your arm for real? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean. I meant like metaphorically. You really are like in a sling. Like ah. Uh, but we was got a good to a time. certain place, maybe like eight months later, where he was like, "Life is long. Yeah, we don't have to do everything." <laughs> All at once, all the time. It's a long life. We can space stuff out. And I was like, that's a great point. (laughs) It's fantastic. I really want to apply that to my life, too. I mean, I've been married for, I always say 20 years, but we've been together over 20 years. But um, I think we just, as people, we just judge ourselves. We just... If any one time wasn't good, I'm just like, oh, man, I got to go to sleep. I didn't do right. Was too much pressure? Not enough. Not enough sucking, too much licking. (laughs) I'm in my head now. You know, and the other thing that I have, I think as people, what I would submit to you, which helped me, there's a mental part of sex as well, right? And if your mind is on something else, you, especially my wife or women, I don't know all women, but my wife, if your mind is on whatever it is, laundry, kids, I didn't clean the kitchen, the disconnect can be the gap yes. between a great experience and a not a great experience, not the physical, like, the activity. You know, my your mind is just like, I just, I'm not feeling great today. I'm bloated, whatever. I didn't do something. Yeah, yeah sex feel good, but it's like, you know, it's just, it's just, it's nothing. It's, and I'm over there like, dang, I should have licked. <laughs> should lick when I suck. You know, I suck too hard. You know what? Your guys' podcast actually really helped us because. Really? Yeah. Um. Because Jared is like Melissa. Mm. So he is very much like if the kids are a big roadblock to intimacy for him. Mm-hmm. They are not a roadblock for me at all. I will smack. When my I kids are little. Yeah. I do not care. It me. does not bother me. That's how you got here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But for him, it's not. he's not really able to fully. So there's a lot of times where people would offer to take the kids. And I don't know if I ha- when I'll get over this, but... I look at it like I have like limited Willy Wonka tokens for how much people will watch my kids. So right. I'm always trying to save it up. Like I don't <laughs> I desperately it. need it today. So I'm going to say no. I get so it. So a lot of times people be like, oh, I could take them. I'm like, ah, do I need it? And I'm like, nah. Because when you then, really need it, you want them to say yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But now I'm like, maybe I don't need it because I can, you know, enjoy intimacy or enjoy a Friday night with my husband with the kids in the house. Mm-hmm. But he needs me to be like, please get these children out of here. Because mentally, I can only go so far with you knowing that they're in the space. So 1,000%. hearing about your guys' stories of vacation sex was really helpful. And I was like, oh, okay. And listen, our son, bless his heart, he's a cock blocker. He doesn't know it. 
but his room is next to ours, <laughs> and the walls are thin. Yeah. So there's all, but when we are gone from our home, it, whoever else is on the other side, sucks to be you guys. Mm. And I have my full experience and full voice. And so does Melissa. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But with, with JoJo, well, I already said his name. Um, he doesn't even know this. He's hating just by being awake. <laughs> go to bed. You're on the game. You're going to find out a lot about life <laughs> if you don't go to bed. <laughs> Speaking of He's kids, hating. you led me into our next question that people always ask. How do I find my intimacy after kids? Um, my body feels different. I feel different. They're here. Um, there's so many different things. And a lot of couples, not everyone, but a lot of couples uh, who have kids find out their sex life changes almost immediately. Like, of course, immediately after, you know, pregnancy. But then, like, post, you know, post uh, birth, it is different more than they anticipated. Uh, do you have any advice for those couples who are like, it's just ain't, it just doesn't feel the same. I'm not the same, or they're here, or like they sleep in the bed with us, or in the you know what I'm saying. Like, there's so many different factors. What what would you say to them? I'm trying to think of a better example for this because I do not want to liken kids to cancer. But um, <laughs> if you got cancer, right, your diet would have to change. Mm. Your big part of your life would have to change because something has shifted that you can't ignore that happened in your body. Yeah. And now you have to go on a path of like rediscovering a lot of how you used to do things. Yeah. Like you have to do that. You have to. And so with kids, it's kind of the same. Like your body just went through something huge. And then your time and your life, your self image, your social image, everything changes. So that's going to have to change too. Your, you know what? As simple as your energy level. Like, especially newborns, it, it's hard to overstate how much, like, how draining they are. Yeah. Right? Especially they, they're not sleeping through the night. Of course, you know, you had newborns two, three times a night. Like, you, there's no getting used to that. Right? If you don't have a night nurse, which most people on Earth do not have and will not have. Which, you know what? Listen, I got a night nurse because my husband was on tour for the first month that I get, after I gave birth. I'm mm -hmm. six months postpartum. Mm -hmm. And um, he... I had a night nurse. They come at, like, they only stay, like, it's, they sleep for most of the time. Mm -hmm. But if they come, first of all, it's so expensive. Yes. So, so expensive. Very. But if they come at, like, they came at, they work for eight hours. Mm -hmm. So really and truly, like, you're not getting a full night's sleep. Right. I still got to wake up to, like, let you out of the house. <laughs> because you come, and then they, like, kind of help and put them into bed. And then yeah. then the kid is, like, still awake, but then they leave. And you're mm -hmm. like, but I still want to rest. So, <laughs> anyhow. But, yes, night nurses... Go it's ahead. not the answer. It's not the answer. But the the physicalness of like I'm exhausted and horny, or my partner's horny and I'm exhausted. You know what I'm saying? Like people struggle with that. You know, it's not easy. And that kid is like, I didn't have anything to do with this. Right. And I'm hungry. Yeah. At 2 a.m. <laughs> so you know, uh, and then when you're breastfeeding, the breasts look amazing. They look in their best shape ever. And she's like, ah, oh, but they're sore. And I'm like, how are they sore? Yeah. <laughs> this baby doesn't suck six ounces out of you, and now they're sore for me. I ain't never seen them look like so. These things in high school, you this is a blessing from on high. But I can't, you know, I can't partake. Yeah. This is the tree of good and evil. Like <laughs> all this garden. I want those titties. I want those, you know, full, you know, titties. And I think, um, I don't know. I think people, people really struggle. So I love, I love your answer of like. Not figure it out in like that way, but like there is an adjustment that's gonna have and to happen. And it's big, you know what I mean? Humongous adjustment. You gotta stop having Taco Bell every Tuesday. You know what I mean? Like, there's it's big. It's not like oh now I just simply 
Right. No longer. Like, you have to, your fridge looks totally different. Right. So, your sex life, I experienced that big time after the second baby. Mm. The first one, I didn't have it as much, and I was such an arrogant prick. Were you? Yeah, I don't mind, because I'm like, kind of go off, but I look back on the person, because I was so much like, not going to change me, but... <laughs> When you don't have a kid before, it's different. Yeah. Because your ability to still find time for yourself is, and find yourself. Yeah. And just body-wise, too. Like, if you have six kids, I mean, that's just, I, I had two, and I'm like, I see a difference now. After mm -hmm. the first one, I was like, oh, I really was able to, like, get back to a place. I'm like, I recognize this body, and now I'm like, things will never be the same. A little bit. You know what you, you said very matter-of-factly, but it, it shouldn't be understated. It is a humongous life change. Yes. It is It is one of the top three, if not the number one, biggest changes in your life to go from not being a parent to a parent in a, in a relationship. Um, and I think maybe naively, at least for me, I'm only speaking for Kevin, I was just like, okay, you know, eventually the kid will sleep over there and we'll be back to normal. And it kind of, I underestimated the significance of like, they infiltrate every moment of your life. Even now, my boys are 16 and 14. And like I said, I don't know if we were started or not. I went to pick my son up from a, from school. And he's like, I have a track meet today. And now I'm like, well, now I'm at a track meet yeah. for four <laughs> hours. And it was like, this is the longest track meet on the coldest day in Los Angeles history. Like, recordly coldest day. I don't have gloves. I, don't, I was not prepared for this. And he also forgot his shorts. And he's like, can you go back home? And I'm like... I couldn't even ask my parents to do that. Like, you couldn't make mistakes. Yeah. And now we're freezing watching you run one race. You was on the track team for one race. One. And that's not shade. I just, we've been out here for so long. He warmed up and stopped because he was like, my race. And Melissa was in track. She had a race every 45 minutes, baby. Her sister's running. I got stuff to watch. He's by himself. <laughs> She's gone. She went out of town, you know, quickly. When we moved to L.A., somebody was a fan, bless their heart. They didn't mean no ill will. They saw us in line at a fat burger. And they're like, Zay Zay? And they rubbed my son's head. And the way me and Melissa, Melissa whipped our head around, she was like, I, I don't know what. I just felt like I know you guys. I, I know. Now I know. And it was a black person. Did she leave? She was like, I am so sorry. We didn't even say anything. But it was like, I know you didn't just touch my baby. And the kid, Zay Zay was like, you know, like, just who is this? But I do agree when we were in Spain, I, there was, um, we were at a beach and kids were just changing clothes there. It wasn't, there's nothing weird about it. You know, they drinking wine, like in that culture in Italy too, like kid, 12 year old kids were having wine with dinner and it was just more relaxed, yeah. I would say. Uh, but I wouldn't let nobody flick my baby with no water. I, I listen. So I just, that to be said, it shouldn't <laughs> be abnormal to be like the intimacy I had with my kids then when they were young. There's something about that that I still miss. Yeah. No, no, I get that. I get that. I think um, your kids are how old? Three and one? one zero and two. Zero. <laughs> I've never heard nobody say zero. <laughs> we ain't counting months over here. That baby is zero <laughs> until they turn one. Um, do you find that you had a... Yeah, I know you said you felt different after one to two. Um, or, yeah, one to two. Do you? Did, was there anything you learned from one to two that you applied? Or was it a total different experience? They're different kids. I mean, two... Listen, two's a better baby. <laughs> I can say that because they're just kids, so I guess you're, it's okay to say that. Man, two is amazing. Two's awesome. So sweet, so cool. Rolls with the punches. One, a nightmare. I, two is the baby maker. One is the birth control. So 
It's different, but yes, basic stuff, I think. I love that. All right, this is live for Patreon. I, I wanted Sans skills to be expressed to you guys as well. So I'm going to open up the, less, the last 20 or so minutes of the episode to you for your questions. So please just throw them in the chat. We will ask Shan. Uh, I've never seen you seem uncomfortable about anything on any of your podcasts, so I don't. I would. But we're not talking about. I know this topic. Yeah. If we talked about taxes or politics, <laughs> literally anything out. else, you'd be out. Yeah. With sex, so throw whatever you've always wanted to ask uh, out into the the YouTube comments, and I will ask Shan, uh, and we'll get her. We'll get her take on it. It's going to take a little bit because it's a little delayed. Ah, wait. What? What's this? Put your question with a big red question mark. I didn't know that, Cam. That way I can see it, and if I get a couple back-to-back, I can just um, copy them and paste them. So we got a couple of minutes to to do so. While we're doing that, Shan, tell the people what you're working on. Oh, man, I don't know how you don't just read these comments all the time. I can't look at them. I I, I get distracted. Yeah. Especially when they're up on the TV. I'm just like, what y'all saying? What y'all saying? Yeah. What y'all saying? (laughs) So I have to stay focused on the guests. Otherwise, I'll be completely unfocused. Losing virginity later in life, suggestions on feeling free after. I have a podcast that's called Lovers and Friends. Kevin and Melissa were a guest on it. It was a beautiful episode. That's my favorite thing, I think. That's really? Thing. Yeah, my podcast is my favorite thing. I just worked on The reason I was so fascinated by your soundstage is that we just got our first bigger project. We worked on the show Harlem's after show. I um, saw that. Congratulations, by the way. It was a nightmare. But it was a crazy learning curve. <laughs> That's not what I thought you were going to say. Insane learning curve. <laughs> and it was myself and my husband who we headed it up together. And we're like, wow, we suck. But <laughs> we learned so, so much. So being here and seeing how you guys have set yourself up for success has been really, really, really inspiring. Well, I will say part of the reason we've had success is because we have an amazing team here. Mm-hmm. They, Cam, Brennan, Tony, Rob, Amani, Leah, Kara. They live and breathe this. You put yourself in a pickle by starting listing names. Uh, that's everybody that works here. Okay. I just named everyone. That's like, good. Oh, and, uh, and Amir and Chris, Katrina. They live and breathe every day. You forgot one person. I guarantee it. They probably did. And yeah. whoever it is, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, but they make it a lot easier. These questions are coming in crazy. Cam, the question mark thing was just brilliant. I mean, Cam's always got good stuff. And he watches a lot of uh, Marvel stuff, so we always have something to talk about. Uh, shoot, that's probably about 10 or 12 questions. We'll start there. All right, we'll start there. I haven't read them, so I'm just going to kind of go in order. I was just screenshotting what was what was read. Okay, I'll start with this one. This is a good one. If you're waiting till marriage, how can you still work to be more comfortable with your body? Oh, man. I mean, a million different ways. I mean, it depends what you're waiting on. Like, are you waiting for penetration specifically and you're still doing other stuff? Like, mm-hmm. I guess you just need more expansion there. What is it that... Usually church girls are not doing nothing. Because you can learn. You can listen. Um, you can practice by yourself. You can practice in low-risk environments like chat rooms. I used to use chat rooms all the time as a way to, like, try out different parts of myself. Mm. Um, just different language or you know sexting so there are a myriad of different ways that you can still engage with your sexual side without doing whatever you have said you're not going to do sexually so i would go with your comfort and just play play have fun and play play play, guys just play we're just playing with play within the rules you know whatever rules you have set if it's like oh this is out of bounds like 
that you know the, the game of soccer is still mm. happening mm. and it's still a lot of fun. <laughs> The ball goes out of bounds. It comes right back yeah, in. It, it, I mean, I guess that's not how it works. No, it is. It is. But in re- oh, in, in sex, s- in sex, if the ball goes out of bounds, you go to hell. Yeah, that's true. So <laughs> that's true. Don't do that. That's true. Here's a good one. Easiest way to ask someone if they've been tested recently. Oh, um, oh man, you got to make it sexy. I always say any conversation with sex should mirror what you like most about having sex. So okay. if you like it to be like flirty and curious mm. and wet. So it's like, hey, have and, you been tested? Well, it's like, oh my gosh, like when we're, when I'm with somebody that I'm really into and I'm really into you mm-hmm. and I allow myself to just be with that person, there's like nothing that I won't do. Mm. I just really want to go there. But in order for me to get there, sexual health is really important because I want to make sure that no matter what I do and no matter what mm-hmm. you do, it's going to feel good, not just in the moment, but, you know, weeks afterwards. So That was great. Right? Because that... That is like, I want you. I want to be with you, but health is important, too. And right. I'm like, you know what? I could see that. Let's get tested together. And we could but do it, but pretty. I'm not going to be able to really get there with you because yeah. I mean, you can't even see how right. freaky this can get. I could break your arm. This can get freaky. You don't even know. But <laughs> if we're not on the same page in terms of sexual health, I got to keep that in mind. I got to have like certain precautions. Yeah. I got to stop myself and whatever else. I mean, you should be using protection regardless across the board. But right. nonetheless, like, there might be things that would be possible if I knew your sexual health status in order to know what those things are. And now are. it's like, oh, shoot, what's in the mystery what's box? What's in that box? Literally mystery box. Here's another one. 20 years, and four, 20 years of marriage and four kids, how to tackle initiating sex. 20 years? There's a lot of math. 20 yeah. years of marriage and four kids, how to tackle initiating sex. Mm-hmm. I have a quiz that's called Turn On Triggers. Um, it's on my website, The Game of Desire, which is my book.com. Mm-hmm. It's one of my most popular quizzes. In essence, it's just acknowledging that starting sex is not as the same as pushing a button. You know, when you first get in a relationship, it's very mm-hmm. easy to initiate. Initiation looks different for different people. So your partner might require for you to clean up the space. Mm-hmm. That's my husband's like an initiation. Yeah. Like if I want to turn him on, I don't like walk up to him and be like, Hey, so it's been a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, that might work for me. Right. Right. Not that wouldn't work for me. What would work for me is like your body part, looks amazing and i want this body part to be with my body part i Mm want to do stuff with our bodies like (laughs) that kind of direct language really turns me on yeah does not do it for him him he's more environmental so if like the kids are out of the house like Mm -hmm. if there's no other thing that's like blocking his mind sex becomes a possibility for him so i think identifying what that thing is is more important than like the actual act of how we think of initiation i love that very much and because for me kevin just speaking, foreplay, especially early on, was always, I'm going to touch your titty or I'm going to grab your butt or kiss you on the neck, right? Not that my wife doesn't like that. But like you said about your husband, like, what is more effective is I'm going to clean the kitchen because I know you, you if the cl- kitchen's not clean, you might think about it. I'm going to make the bed, do the laundry, all that type of stuff. I'm going to take a shower. Now the house is clean and I'm clean. You know what? You know what? You know what? I, yeah. I sure could go for a little spot of sex. I sure could. But just like rushing in the house, I miss you, grind, grind. That's not effective. And another thing, and the love languages part is really helpful in the sex arena as well. Yes. Because basically what you just said is like, this is my husband's sex language. I'm going to speak it to him because this is what he responds to. Yeah. Speaking your sex language that you receive uh, like turns you on to him is useless. Yes. It's just so going to make you frustrated that. because that's how you express yourself. 
but it's not the same for them. But I know I got frustrated like that a lot until I just said, I understood this is what works for my wife. I just got to make enough money. We can take more vacations, right? Because Vic and, or once the kids move out, vacation sex can be a thing all the time because they're gone, you know? But until that point, we're going to Vegas. Right. Real quick trip. You know, <laughs> let's just handle that. And there's a whole other like host of issues that come with too much access to sex. Mm. You know what I mean? Like Interesting. When you, I saw my parents go through that. When you go through having to find your moments, mm-hmm. then all you have is moments. Then it kind of becomes like, yes. yeah, that's going to be a whole different set of challenges that you guys have to talk about oh, in man. four years. I never thought about that. Yeah. And now you've ruined <laughs> <laughs> what I was, expe- I was expecting. That's what happened at the beginning of the pandemic, too. A lot of people yes. thought, oh, we're just going to be together all the time. But there's a lot of other stuff that's happening. And there was a lot of other stuff on, your, on our mind. Um, here's another one. How do you become more comfortable voicing your sexual desires with your spouse? Any tips? Uh, I think, like, finding your communication medium that works best for you. Like, I'm not anti-breakup with somebody via text. Really? Not at all. Because if that's how you feel like it, especially if you're with somebody who won't let you finish a sentence, mm. let me get my shit off <laughs> in my time, in my way. Let me organize my thoughts clearly. Like, find the method that works for you. Maybe sexting is where you feel a little bit more bold or maybe, right, like maybe it's after sex, maybe before. So I think like kind of leaning into like, when do I feel my most emboldened or comfortable mm-hmm. bringing these conversations up? What medium is it that allows me to feel most safe to do that? But everything in life literally is just practice. Anybody who ever comes to me and says, like, how do you how are you so confident talking about sex? Like, I could never like, how do you get there? I'm like, bitch, I could do this like 50 hours a week. You know what I mean? Like, if I wasn't comfortable by now, there'd be a problem. Like, so it's just repetition of yeah. doing something over and over again. Yeah. So and it doesn't have to. Again, it's like also being very clear that cooking for Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. you know, during Thanksgiving versus t- cooking it for yourself for tomorrow's lunch mm-hmm. on a Tuesday is very different. So finding low risk environments to practice in Mm -hmm. so that might be with your friends at brunch like i'm gonna start talking about my sex life to them to see how that feels to say certain words out loud and see what their reaction is maybe your partner is not the first person because the stakes are so high so Mm -hmm. it makes it a lot more difficult to experiment this is very good shan this question is interesting should you feel bad if your partner only misses you for sex and not for your presence essence Oh, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? I don't think you should feel bad. I wouldn't feel bad. And I but think I... that's something you should express. I think you, this is just Kevin, not sexologist, just person. Uh, I watched this TikTok yesterday that was really good. Every great like, piece of advice starts with, on TikTok? Starts oh, with the best in, I watched this TikTok. The best in the world are on the talk. <laughs> They're, and they're making it in three minutes. <laughs> she was talking about radical honesty, and because me and Melissa talked about this and not being mean, um, and she was saying, and it was like a role play thing, and the guy in the the sketch was like, I, he wants to honestly say that I'm not as attracted to you anymore because you gained weight, and she was like, why do you have a hard time saying that? And he's like, well, I can't tell you that. And she's like, why not? He's like, because of the way it make you feel. He's like, well, your honesty, you can share it, but it allows me to say, I didn't know that how I looked was the only reason you're with me. And if that's very important to you, then it puts a lot of pressure on me, who's, you know, 40 years old, to stay the same way I looked when, I, when we met. In this, in this scenario, they were together since they are like 16. So um, what she was saying, the overall point was a lot of times people are afraid to share what they want to share because... What happened? What, how did it end? 
it ended with her saying, if my weight is so important to you that I stay thin, then I think we should end this relationship because I don't define myself by how much I weigh. And there's more to me than how much I weigh. Am I a good person? Am I fun to be around? How do I take care of my friends? How do I express love? The actual amount of pounds in my body isn't something that I'm focused on. I'm focused on being a well-rounded person. If I weigh 30, 40 pounds more than I did when I was young, that's just life. And I'm not going to lose weight just so you can be attracted to me. And you only being attracted to me for my weight makes me feel unsafe, like I'm not an overall person, not just a person in numbers on a scale. And I was like, wow. I'm wowed by your recap. I'm telling you. I that was the quite the recap. <laughs> Did you watch the video several times? No, I just initially, I've, I've been thinking about radical wow. honesty, so it, it kind of connected with me. I think the talk knew that. Uh, but I think if a person, if you were to express that to your spouse, like when you come in and it may, and, and I found in my marriage especially, saying I feel takes the pressure off of them. Saying you make, you only want me for sex, it's I feel like it's going to automatically put that person in defensive. If you say, I feel that when you come home for the weekend and you don't talk to me, we don't go out for dinner, you go straight to wanting sex, it makes me feel like I'm only missed for this one thing I can offer you. That allows a person to, to adjust their actions. And sometimes people aren't even aware of how they're moving and the effect it's having on others. So that's how I would express because that's a terrible feeling. And it's going gonna, it's gonna, to, you know, have terrible in my mind terrible results to sex if you feel like as soon as he comes home he gonna want something and he ain't done x y and z so let him know that and i think how you make me feel or how i'm feeling is always should be safe in a relationship to say i feel because a partner can say i didn't mean to make you feel that way somebody who loves you makes you feel safe should be able to say i didn't mean to make you feel that way i wasn't aware that i was making you feel that way or i was and i will now take steps to stop it how they respond to those statements is also very important, you know. So that's what I would say. But that's that's, that's so me. interesting. I mean, I could really debate you on that radical honesty thing. I don't agree with it, but say word. I think that it's such a it's interesting because I'm very big on communication is not what you say; it's what you want to accomplish. Okay. And so sometimes what I want to say moves me further away from what I want to happen, what the goal is. Okay, I can see that. And then the human brain is just genetic or biologically designed to be negative. Mm -hmm. Like, I think about that when I hear negative comments. People think they're being really witty or, like, you know, honest when they're mm -hmm. negative. And it's like, that's the most basic thing to be. Your brain is going to notice the flaws and the faults first. Like, the evolved mind goes past that and says, okay, but then what? Right. So sometimes that radical honesty, my first thought might be something negative. And if I said that out loud, I'm like, it gets me to place. I'm like, oh, I didn't actually want to go there. Mm -hmm. But my third and fourth thought, which are fluffier, may not be like the core hard truth, but it actually is more in line with like how more well-rounded how I'm feeling. That's a fair point. And when I say radical honesty, I mean it with kindness, not just yeah. like brutal honesty. But I do understand that. Because if I said to somebody, oh, you've put on weight and now I'm less attracted to you. And then that person gives me the ultimatum of that. And I'm like, well, I was never going to leave you for this. You know what I mean? And now I'm like in this weird position. And maybe I just wanted to encourage you. And it's not even necessarily about you losing the weight, but maybe just about me seeing you try or whatever it is that you actually wanted out of that. Mm -hmm. But I would feel like I would be like, that's not what I wanted, you know what I mean? <laughs> Honestly, sometimes the reason I avoid, or in the past, because I'm working not to do that, the reason I avoided the honesty is because I knew it would go down a path of, like, where I didn't want. But what I found is by avoiding that, it often 
backfired. It didn't go that way, but it went that way. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah. it's like, well, shoot, that it wasn't. <laughs> wasn't I guess it my depends on your personality either. because I'm naturally a very <clears throat> judgmental, negative person. Mm-hmm. So I know that in order for my marriage to work, my shut the fuck up filter has to be so high. <laughs> There's so many things that I think that I'm like not gonna say it. <laughs> Not gonna just gonna keep that to myself, and it's we're much better off that way. <laughs> That's hilarious because I have learned that about myself too. Sometimes I just need to shut up. <laughs> you don't have to. Don't need it, especially the jokes. <laughs> You're not on stage. <laughs> I've had so many jokes that have just ruined the moment, ruined the <laughs> night, and I'm like at my best. She cracks up laughing. Great, one person is laughing. But if it doesn't, if it bombs, this could be a three-day affair. <laughs> Hush! You got Virginia Beach next week. Make them people laugh. They give you thirty-five dollars. They want to laugh. Your wife don't think it's funny right now. Yeah. And now you what? You just had to say it. <laughs> just had to get a little joke off. And now what? It ain't funny now because now you bombed. And now y'all not talking on the way home. <laughs> did you win or did you lose? You know what's so funny to me? Because this is my mom and dad's relationship to a T. Really? My dad, if you meet my dad, I feel like he makes my, everything about me make sense. Mm. You know what I mean? My dad is just like, you're like, what? how did you get the courage to talk about? And you're like, oh, that's who your dad is. My dad had a religion that he started on Twitter called Fuck It. And he was very serious about this. Um, <laughs> but my dad is that person who, like, it was always worth it for him yeah. to like, say the joke. Always? I don't know if that's changed. I don't, we, but yeah, 99% of the time, I'd, d- I'd be surprised if he had that filter in place. Because I'm like, what haven't you said? If you're filtered, what, what's la- what, haven't ha- what hasn't you said? And it's, yeah. All right, I got time for two more because I want to respect Shan's time. Uh, this one's interesting. I'm not a super sexual person, never have been. He wants it often, but I have peaks and valleys. I feel guilty most of the time, and he doesn't make me feel guilty, but I do. How can I become more sexual? And don't feel guilty about not having an answer for this question. I used to like try to have an answer for this question because it gets asked all the time. But I'm mm. like, the fact that it gets asked all the time is kind of the answer. This is a problem that everybody, not everybody, but a people. vast majority of people mm-hmm. have this issue. It just takes hearing 70 different strategies and being like strategy number 38 mixed with strategy number seven, mm-hmm. a little bit of 16 right. might work for me. Right. Like there's just no one size fits all. It it does like I could sit sit here and give you ten strategies I can think of. Yeah. That wouldn't be interesting. It's a different podcast for a different day. Right. That to be said, that knowing how popular this question is should give you confidence to be like, okay, it's not a It's not an unusual thing. Yes. Yeah. I have to be mindful and I have to be deliberate about trying to fix this problem or, or come to an equilibrium that we can both live with. I love that. And I think also um, this is just for me. I think a lot of times, and we talk about this a lot just today, I don't know if it's something you should feel guilty about. It's like feeling guilty about the way you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a funny person, so I, I process the world through humor. Uh, I can't imagine judging myself for that all the time, right? I, I can find friends who are like that. I can find friends who appreciate that part of me, and I know when times not to do that. But if I always felt bad for that, then I'd be feeling bad all the time. Like, I think it's just okay to be like, I'm not that type of person. Doesn't mean you can't have great sex. Doesn't mean you can't have a good relationship. It just means that you ain't going to want to do it all the time. Mm -hmm. 
That's all it means. You know, and you you still good. You still cool. You're probably still good at taboo. Maybe not, but it depends on what your priorities in your relationship. That's all. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah. It's just like you got to map it out to be like what really matters. Like what has to go well in order for us to consider this to be a good thing. Mm. And there should be three things on that list. No more than that. Like we got to be great parents. We got to have settled finances. We have to go to church every Sunday. Those are my three things. Some people's three things like we have to have an incredible sex life. We've got to have joint friends, and we have also got to help each other with work. Those are three things. So if it's on your three things, then it's not going to be fine if it's not working out. Right. So know that. Yeah. Yeah, the roof is blown off. I love off. this. What are your three things? Oh, sex is definitely on our three things. Is how we started. Mm-hmm. And so that's a huge thing for us, and it is. like We don't have issues with that. Um, work is a huge thing for us. And then I would say parenting is probably the third thing. Uh, I, I mean, really and truly getting along is number one on my list. Yeah. I don't want, I've seen my parents, my parents have a very passionate relationship. Mm-hmm. Like when people are like, the passion is gone. I'm like, oh, I've seen my parents act like teenagers since my whole life. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want that. <laughs> it's, you don't want I the passion. I do not want, it's the highs and the lows and the like, I don't know if I'm going to say the wrong thing to trip you up. And if I'm coming home, I have to like pause to be like, did I text something weird? I'm going to open the door and they're going to be pissed at me. Mm. Or did I do something great and they're going to open the door and they're going to jump on me? Like that questioning of like how you're going to be and how my day is going to be because we're just like extreme. Don't want it. (laughs) Want predictable. Want to get along. That's very, very important to me. You want a ham sandwich, baby. So maybe, yeah, getting along, (laughs) great sex, and good at parenting. Those are our three right now. I love that. I think the good thing about your three things and finding your three things it prevents you from wanting everything. And I don't mean that in a negative way, like everybody got to have everything. You will never get everything. So what is most important to you and find someone who's that important, get those things and take the other ones that you want. Like I love travel. I love crazy experiences, right? I want to go to Vietnam and eat food on the street. My wife loves travel, but she stops short of like, food on the street she's like i can go to a hotel i go to london i'll give you space so i had to ask myself what's more important eating food on the street in vietnam or overall everything right so i'm not gonna be like man i want no i want a woman who will go to vietnam with me on the street because now i might get that is she a great mother how's her family like all the other stuff that i value that i will lose trying because i think that for me, I think a lot of times in relationships, we always look for the things we're not getting, the fourth thing. And in our quest for that, we lose some of the three. Yes. And I think that's yep. why you can be okay being like, like my sister-in-law, Mel, beautiful person. Love her to death. She hates movies. Who hates movies? <laughs> Hardly anyone. I'm not talking about genres. She doesn't like the idea of movies. Doesn't want to go. Doesn't enjoy. Action, cartoons, rom-com, rom-coms, nothing. Her husband, Greg, loves movies. He's just like, I go to movies with other people. He'll go with me. He'll go by himself. He'll take his daughters. He doesn't fight to make her go to movies. She doesn't like them. I don't even understand. I don't. What? <laughs> and she worked in content. She worked at Netflix. She's like a creative executive. You know what she loves? What? Reality TV. Oh. And I'm talking about drink splashing, pregnant. <laughs> the, the base of the worst reality TV, it's her lifeblood. I guess... A reality TV is the opposite of movies. One, oh my God, it is. Right? It's escapism. And it goes nowhere. And she loves it. If there's, no, there's nothing. It's the chips and chocolate <laughs> ice cream of, of TV. <laughs> and she doesn't care what anyone thinks. She walks out of movies all the time. When she tries to be a good mom, don't go see Thor. 
She left within 10 minutes. She's like, I'll wait in the car. But find somebody to go with movies. Yes. To movies with. You're, a lot of people go by yourself. Don't ruin your relationship because your wife doesn't like movies. Yes. Because there's other things. <laughs> Shan, we are letting you go. We will have you come back another time. You're amazing. This is as good as I thought it was going to be. Better than I thought, honestly. I was a little bit intimidated by you. Um, you were not. I 1,000% was. I think we're regular friends now. Do you feel that? We, we are. Yeah. All we need is a game night to solidify it or dinner together, husbands and wives, Jared, Melissa, at your house, my house, catch. Follow Shan. <laughs> tell them where they can find you at. Uh, my podcast is called Lovers and Friends. Uh, we have an episode together called Sex Be Hard. If you haven't listened to that, start there. And mm -hmm. then let the, let the rest take you. Let the rest take you. This is Shan Boudram. Follow her. She's amazing. She has plenty of content. Any, if you ask her a question and we didn't get to it, nine times out of ten, she has a video of it with the answer already. Indulge. Buy her book. Support her. Follow her on the ground. She used to run track, too. She went to an HBCU. I did. Copen State, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Copen State. She ran track. Copen. Copen. That's good, though. At I least knew I, it. see, I got the courage to correct you right away. And we that started was the brain. this with me being like, someone's calling my kid the wrong name, but and it's gone too long. But, <laughs> but I, you let that I lady pick your baby with water. I loved it. <laughs> loved Thank it. you, guys. We love you. God bless y'all. Peace. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.